This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're dealing with taking a shit in zero gravity as we watch spine number 54 in the Criterion Collection, Al Reinert's For All Mankind from 1989. But first, RJ, how are you doing? I'm pretty fair, man. Yeah. Doing pretty fair. It's real hot out. Yeah. I'm talking scorching, it's... baby. Yeah, I. Uh, it's not too bad. Well, you're in a nice, uh, cushy basement. <laughs> I'm on a top. I'm on a main level, baby. This shit mm-hmm. gets hot. Mm-hmm. And you sleep upstairs. We do sleep upstairs until uh, about a year or two ago. We uh, just bared the heat, but because of climate change. Uh, it's getting hotter and hotter, and uh, last year we caved and got a portable AC. We plugged that sucker in, and you know how hot it was in our bedroom? It's got a little readout for the temp. It was 41 degrees Celsius in our fucking bedroom. Huh. It's a little hot. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, the cats, or cats are fucking puddles over here. Yeah. Nothing you can do, man. Might yep. as well die. Yeah, Warlock was uh, laying by the on the windowsill, which is where he goes when it's too hot because there's a little bit of a breeze that helps cool him down. He's like a pie. He's like a pie. He's going to cool ledge. him by the window. Hopefully no uh, uh, gambling uh, hobos come oh, by hobos. to try to steal that pie. Mm, you'd be surprised, yeah, man. Lift it. There is a there is a big problem with unemployment in Lethbridge. So mm-hmm. those ambitious bows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're stealing whatever they can. Yeah, yeah. What's new with you, dog? Uh, just another day at Comic Store Paradise. Uh, mm. It's funny, you know. There's times where I'm there and I don't real remember till like five o'clock. Oh yeah, I have to record a podcast in like two hours. I, sh- I should go do that. Because you're not a jobless bum anymore. Yeah, this is, well, I, I, I had a job, but I was at a job where I could think about podcasts for uh, while sitting around. Now it's just too busy, and I'm like helping yeah. weirdos order their like Disney comics for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So that's what it is. That's why you're not uh, on your A game. We need that 400 blows level kind of a preparation from you, mm-hmm. where you can stew on this for days. In days. I didn't know that episode would be as popular as it is. Maybe I would have tried harder. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Whatever. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how was your work week there, sir? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I heard a uh, old guy call a cow ignorant today. So um, I feel like that's not really fair. <laughs> but <laughs> Damn ignorant cows. Yeah, like... like People say that out there because, like, the cows, like, don't want to come in the ring or they, like, when you're trying to sort them, sometimes, like, if you're trying to sort one off, they all bunch together and then they don't. And then someone will be like, oh, they're ignorant. And it's like, well, yeah, they're cows. <laughs> it's, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, what do, what do you want? Like, of course, they don't understand what you're trying to do. Hmm. So uh, I, I always feel like that's a little unfair. Um, that, that just reminded me. Uh, so on the weekend, uh, Chanel and I drove up to Edmonton to retrieve her artwork. Oh, yes. And yes. Uh, on our way up, uh, up pat, right near Edmonton, we saw this pickup truck just blast by us. And we noticed yeah. he had a custom decal made for the back of his truck that mm. read uh, 
fit in or fuck off, eh? Nice. Um, and, and this is all printed inside of a Canadian maple leaf. Nice. Um, you know, it's like I thought that was quite hilarious and and reminds that, me of ignorance. That really goes with uh, the Canadian values, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh, it's like one time in Leth or here in Creepsville, I saw a guy with a bumper sticker and it said Hillary for prison, yeah. and I was like, really? Yeah. I was like here? Yep. It's like why? What? But I guess uh, it's just like them ignorant cows, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. You ever seen one of those ignorant cows? Uh, I saw some cows uh, in the cows? fields on the way up to Edmonton, and uh, I found them majestic. Whether or not they're ignorant, I don't know. I don't know cows well enough to make those sort of judgments. Yeah, that that's fair. I respect that. Were they moo cows, though? Yes. No, they weren't moo cows. Uh, if you mean dairy cow, I don't know. No. I call them. I call all uh, cows moo-moos. Moo-moos? Yeah, you wouldn't see a dairy cow out on the grassland. They're usually up where they can be milked you know right i mean sometimes you might but whatever it's whatever. cow life you know the cow the cow podcast the cow cow creeps yeah no. criterion cows that would be a good show mm-hmm. like criterion cows mm-hmm. you know oh. what i mean where you just show like the most important cows in history <laughs> wow like steve french huh. yeah wow so there you go that's a. Uh, tantalizing talk radio for you hey rj what movies did you creep this week oh god uh i i forgot i better pull that puppy up hey hey so i hey i well you said it once and now i can't stop so that's your bad Mm -hmm. um so i actually tried to do a coordinated strike on my creeps this week you did so as the movie entailed going to the moon Mm -hmm. i tried to Uh, a theme a theme i tried to fit in movies about going to the moon and i got uh about half of the ones i did the other two were just uh alien movies in general Mm -hmm. but uh, i felt like those kind of fit in well enough you know so uh, what did did i creep on uh i watched uh some would say the very first going to the moon creep by mr george malay a trip to the moon is that how you say his last name it doesn't matter sounds good you ever seen a trip to the moon? I have. Yeah. Did you? Uh, do you think you've seen it though, or have you just seen that Smashing no, I, Pumpkins music video? Oh, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. I went to uh, art school with a film and video uh, program. I've seen me some a trip to the moon. Uh, well, I, I had never actually watched it. But and I, I have, and it. I have YouTube, and it's all uh, readily available, my friend. All on there. Yeah. Well, see, this is news to me. No one told me. So when I was uh, searching. Uh, the keywords such as moon and alien and saucers on my uh, TV box, this was one of the first things to pop up. And I was like, ooh, dang, because it's only like 15 minutes long, not even. What's to say about it? I don't know. Not much. It's hmm. pretty wicked. I yeah. loved it. That's exactly the kind of thing that I want in a, a trip to the moon. Yeah. You know, shot out of a huge gun. Mm-hmm. Go fight some moon men. Mm-hmm. What else would you want? Umbrella fights. Umbrella fights. Yeah. All I could think about was that uh, the Smash and Pumpkins music video, but I guess they had that on their brain too, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, no, I don't know. There's. I'm not going to sound like an asshole and try to <laughs> dig into this 115-year-old movie. Too late. Too late. Uh, no, I thought, as a first-time watch, I thought it was super cool. 
and I really dug it. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice precursor to a, a movie later on that I watched that 115 years later had basically the same idea. Yeah. But to- totally uh, shit their own beds. So that's a little that's a little tease. I'm not going to get there yet. Okay. So you know what I watched after that? Mm, Roswell, starring Kyle MacLachlan. How? No, uh, that's not what I watched actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched a 1994's Roswell, uh, uh, a made-for-TV movie. Um, this movie had a ton of fucking actors in it. Have you ever seen this? No, but I remember seeing uh, the VHS at Blockbuster for like years and years and years. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like this was a made-for-TV movie, and you yep. can tell. Yep. There's there's not a ton there, but the one thing that I think is awesome is that they took the time to do like they do a. Uh, during the 40s during the crash roswell and then like 30 years later like still trying to uncover the truth yeah and uh, they take the time to age up or old up kyle mclaughlin and mm-hmm. they give him like a receding hairline with wispy gray hair and like lots of wrinkles and i thought that was really cool because they didn't really have to because everything else in the movie was pretty cheap but uh what was i gonna say oh yeah this movie has a ton of fucking actors in it it's got kyle mclaughlin Ooh, he was hot at this time. This mm. is right off of that Twin Peaks fame. Yeah. So he was hot. Dreamboat. Uh, Dreamboat. You had uh, Dwight Yoakam as uh, the rancher who the saucer lands on his his land. Yeah. So And I think that was before Dwight Yoakam started getting cast as like novelty roles. Yeah, that, That's was, like before Sling, that was before Sling Blade. Yeah. So uh, you got Big Dwight Yoakam. And then for no apparent reason at all, uh, Martin Sheen pops up for like three minutes, like <laughs> right near the end. And he like he like pieces it all together for him. So th- the movie is about like Kyle McLaughlin was the the army like uh, dude who found <laughs> the crashed crashed ship. Uh-huh. And he like he like knows what it is. He has this big piece of metal and like he cuts it. And then it's, it, like, fixes itself. So he's like, whoa. And then uh, later on, it gets hushed up. And he gets, he's the fall guy. So everyone, like, starts blaming him. And everyone makes fun of him. Because it's like, you idiot. It was a weather balloon. And uh, so the movie is just about how, like, for 30 years, he just gets, like, all this shit from people. Because everyone thinks he's really dumb. But he knows what he saw. He knows. And then uh, at the end, Martin Sheen kind of tells him about what really happened. And you get some scenes with actual aliens. You get some alien autopsies. You get some uh, telekinesis of some sorts. Uh, and then it just totally ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For like, like with no resolution almost. Like the, Martin Sheen tells Kyle McLaughlin like what a possibility is. And he's like, is that really what happened? And Martin Sheen's like, you tell me, is it? <laughs> and then Kyle McLaughlin walks out into a field mm-hmm. and then just looks up at the sky right. and it lingers there for like five minutes and then the movie ends. Uh, I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's uh it's pretty hot stuff, hey? Man, that sounds like uh most movies how they end these days. Most movies? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, lots of so, lots of just like non finishes, non endings non-indians yeah yeah so that was a honestly it wasn't that bad like if you if you had something to do and you just threw the movie on in the background yeah you would have an okay time watching it okay yeah and then so and then i watched a movie jer 
that is gonna go on my probably oh decade. Your what? Worst movies of the decade. Worst. Worst. This is one of the biggest piece of shit movies I've seen in a long time, <laughs> and it almost totally took away of the so spoilers the movie we did watch tonight uh for the show mm-hmm. i actually enjoyed and thought was really cool and then this movie almost did away with all of that <laughs> this piece of shit movie from uh 2011 called apollo 18 <laughs> so this is a found footage uh sci-fi horror movie about apollo 18 which never happened so apollo 17 was the last trip to the moon mm-hmm. and then they stopped doing it and this movie suggests hey wait maybe there was an apollo 18 and maybe covered up. it was covered up and the tagline for this movie was uh there's a reason we never went back so this piece of shit movie uh does all the things you think it would do uh so it does ba- found footage really bad i mean that's obvious but so what they do is like they try to make it look basically exactly like uh for all mankind uh like what the actual footage was from yeah. apollo like uh, what is it apollo 11 uh it's a bunch of different footage yeah like 10 or 11 so like from the was it shit i can't remember the time like 56 or like the 60s around like 69 there. <laughs> yeah 69 yeah. okay 50 52 whatever so 69 <laughs> so it, it like it tries to make the footage look like that, but it's it takes place in 74. Right. And it even shows that they have, like, better cameras, but the footage still looks the same. Oh. And then they do that really shitty thing where they, like, they add distortion to the video. Damage of the uh, damage and stuff, yeah. But you can tell because, like, there's scenes where, like, the... Uh, the camera moves and then the distortion moves with the camera, but it's like not the way that it would actually work. If that makes sense. Like there, there's certain pockets that wouldn't exist in this film, but they put it in there afterwards. So yeah. it just, it's just there. Oh, uh, so that looks fucking horrible. My, my uh, favorite. Your favorite. Yeah. So th- these are all things that like make this movie really bad. Uh, also the editing is really bad cause it like jumps around a lot and they try to like, so they try to like capture that essence that like for all mankind has where it's like it shows like candid moments of them like in the space uh, station kind of like floating around playing with like zero G stuff and then it'll bounce to like other footage. But it's so choppy. There's like no kind of rhythm to it. It's just all over the fucking place. Um, so these, these are all like technical aspects that make the movie unwatchable. The plot. OK, yeah. So the astronauts go there and there's aliens on the moon. And they kill them. And the aliens... They uh, kill the, the aliens. Big, no, the aliens kill the people. Oh. And the, the, the big revu- reveal yeah. is that the aliens are rocks. Oh. Because <laughs> in the Apollo 11 footage, there's like... Or like... Like, that's what I mean. Like, in For All Mankind, there's like that big scene where they're like picking up rocks. Oh. And like, that's why they couldn't see them. Are they little rock people or are they big rock people? <sighs> No, they're like rocks that like sprout like crab legs and then like walk around. Oh, that's like not, they're, okay. they're literally rocks. So how why is this the worst movie you've seen in a long time? It sucks. It sucks. Like so, like <laughs> I was saying, all all those technical aspects are the worst. And then like just the story. So I actually think the story, like the idea, 
would be super cool. That's exactly the kind of shit I would want. It's like, yeah, you fly out of the moon and there's aliens. Oh, fuck. Like I said earlier, with a trip to the moon, which was done 115 years or, or like 100 years earlier, that one was awesome. This one is just so fucking bad. Like, so all this, the, the film is just bad to look at. Mm. And then the story and like everything about it is fucking horrible too. Like, these are the worst fucking astronauts I've ever seen. Uh, they get there and then they have the first night. And then the one guy wakes up and he's all like, he's all like sour and salty. He's just like, oh, he's like, I don't want to be here. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, the astronaut. Yeah, because he, like, had an uncomfortable night or, like, he woke up once and it's like, dude, did you not know what being an astronaut was about? Like, that's what, like, you, like, he would have literally trained for, like, two years to do that. It's like, why is that written into this fucking movie? And then there's all this stuff, like, they're setting up motion cameras and they're like, why are we doing this? It's weird. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that is weird. Why would you do that? Because the government, like, doesn't tell them that they think there's aliens up there, even though they know. And then, so I guess, apparently, there wasn't the first, like, four times they went to the moon, but there is now. Um, which, they they don't really even address it, like, that eloquently. Like, it's basically just like, oh, they've always been here. Uh, and then, like, that doesn't make sense either, because it's like, astronauts are, like, the most American motherfucking people ever. Like... If the government wanted to do that, they could have told them, like, what they had in mind. They would have kept the secret, like, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, why would they hold that from – withhold that from them? It's fucking stupid. And then, like, uh, I don't know. It falls into all the typical stuff. Like, I don't know. One guy gets – bit by the rock monster and then he gets moon fever <laughs> and then like he's like what he does they do the paranormal activity thing where he's like standing over the other guy's body and it time lapses because he's got moon fever and then uh what the fuck there's just so much stupid shit and then this fucking movie has the audacity to end with the jfk fucking address from for all mankind like where he's like addressing the people about like going to the stars and and they to they play it totally straight. It's just like this is real footage. This really happened. Yep. Uh, I uh, it was bad, man. It was really bad. It was a rough trip. It was a rough trip. And I I did it for the show. Yep. So yeah, you give me you told me the list of options you had and I was like, "Ah, oh, you should watch that one." <laughs> I like I mean, I guess it it does fit because it was very much like for all mankind. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it's probably good that I watched it, but, yeah. uh, fuck, is that a bad movie? Oh, it's so bad, Jared. <laughs> I can't recommend anybody watches this fucking thing ever. So that's high praise there. folks for Apollo 18. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched, I watched a different space thing, but it has a really bad name. I can't say on the air. So yes, you can. Uh, it's, um, gay N words from outer space. So yeah, I saw that you watched that and I went, mm -hmm. why RJ? And then I clicked on it, and I saw that you tagged it Jarrett Picks, which usually connotates that uh, I recommended a movie and you watched it. Um, as I've never heard of this movie before, I was very confused why this was a Jarrett Pick because I'm like, huh, that's, 
that's weird. What's what's RJ uh, trying to do here? Uh, link can I link, link me can with I, these things? Can I let you in on a secret? What's that? Sometimes I just put Jarrett picks on tags because oh. I think it's funny. Well, I clicked. I clicked on it, and like yeah. half of those movies I've never recommended to you. So <laughs> it's really uh, lying to people. Um, okay, that's, well, that's, that's, so, that's fake tags, RJ. Fake so here, tags. here's here's the real reason because half of the movies that are Jared picks are sometimes movies that uh, you make me watch that I don't want to watch, and so these other movies that I feel like would have fit into those categories, or like do I there's a reason for it. So go on Letterbox, people. Go check out Jarrett Picks, the tag. Uh-huh. And there's all, all sorts of hot garbage in there. Mm-hmm. All sorts. Um, yeah. I remember like so, I remember like saying that I was going to like label some movies as RJ Picks, and you got really mad. You're like, don't do that. And here you are. Yeah. Because well, I don't I don't want you to bring down my good name. This you can't say that you wouldn't have recommended this if you could have. I I wouldn't have. <laughs> I could be like, oh, RJ won't like that. Yeah. So I watch he, these he, things. He doesn't like any of those things. No. Oh well, it depends on how you put it, I guess. <laughs> uh. So, I um. This thing isn't even a movie. Hmm. So there's no use talking about it. It's like 20 minutes. I thought it was made in like the 70s, but it was actually made in like the 90s. And it was just like a bunch of it's it was like someone's high school art project, basically. Yeah. And uh, the guys were like, he just graduated from gay police school at the gay galactic university. And it's like, all right. All right. Um, Full disclosure, it only went halfway through and then it just stopped. So. Hmm. I don't know what it's even about, but I felt like I devoted enough of my time to log it. It was only like 25 minutes long or something like that, and I got like 10 or 12 into it. So, not a movie. Not a movie. So I don't. I don't know why it's on there. They took uh, they took your wrestling pay per views off, but uh, this thing exists on uh, Letterboxd. So I'm gonna take that credit. Yeah, yep. I will. Damn right. Because no one can call me out on it. So that was my trip through uh, the galaxies, mm-hmm. uh, and then I did do some uh, some interdimensional tripping with uh, your buddy David Lynch. But I don't know if you want to get into that now. Sure, or why not? Some other time. No, it's good. Let's talk yeah. about now that you've caught up with Twin Peaks: The Return. Mm-hmm. The Return. So yeah, I uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, and I am totally caught up. I watched all first four episodes. As I, and I've watched the last two episodes as well. Um, so I don't know. We might get into some spoilers there, but I, uh, oh, I it's, imagine it's all fine now. If people are yeah. watching it at this point, it's uh, it's a few days past, and I think if anyone's actually listening to this show, they're probably watching Twin Peaks too. So I think that's pretty safe. Yeah. Um. So my overall uh, comments and. thoughts on this show is that i think it is absolutely amazing that he this is a real thing Mm -hmm. uh i think it's or tremendous it's excellent it's everything you could hope it would be um as you said uh there are so few things that live up to the hype anymore Mm -hmm. especially these revival things yes um and for him to come back and to seeming like seamlessly reinvent his own show basically yeah because that was another thing i heard like some people were like uh well you have you have people on both sides of the camp people who are like oh it's just going to be like exactly the same as what it used to be and that sucks and then you had people who were like oh it's not exactly the same as it used to be and that mm-hmm. sucks so like there's no winning with those people but 
uh, I think that he really effectively changed what the show is, but like was still conserving, conserving what, uh, what I think he wanted to do with the show. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fucking amazing that he was allowed to do that. Like Mm -hmm. in, uh, especially so in these first four episodes, like he gets away with so much shit, especially in episode three, like episode three is like, I felt like a racer head level. Oh, well, yeah. Type stuff there. Absolutely. Like the like, eyeless always, woman in this yeah. floating satellite box with a giant swear, switch that controls like time. And oh. mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a racer head. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I know he always tries to sneak, like he always sneaks that stuff into his movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is, uh, but like even people who've seen his other movies and then they go to Eraserhead and they're just like, yeah, it's unlike other like anything else i've seen even like his own stuff and i feel like this kind of fits in it too where it's just like this is like uh his short films like his art short films yeah just weird fucking unexplainable stuff that like he just he's just putting down there and uh again I'm, i'm a broken record already but i think it's fucking insane that he was allowed to do this and I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's, I'm so uh, happy. Yeah, it's pretty uh, bold of uh, Showtime to just be like, "Here's a bunch of money, <laughs> make well, make your thing." And I'm pretty. Uh, sure that's all. The only way he would do it, right, is if he got a blank check and like mm-hmm. free reign. Yeah, I, I think. But yeah, like for that alone, I think if you can, you should try to support Showtime because uh, without them, we wouldn't have this. No. And it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much like they just let him like you can just get the feeling that they just like let him do it. Because, I mean, that whole opening segment of episode three, just like inside the floating capsule with blind woman done in that time lapse where you wonder, like, is like is the is this feed working properly? Is this stream working? And it's like, yeah, because it's like almost like what is this but then you realize no it's david lynch this is intentional and then it's like wow i've like i because the one thing i think i mentioned um uh, last week was how i was kind of like yeah like he's kind of like producing the same like visual touchstones that we've come to expect from twin peaks and i guess like the thing i hope most for is that he's going to introduce some new visual stuff like new moments that we can talk about with this new series because that'll be kind of the thing that this show is held up with was like Mm -hmm. does it build on what we've already experienced and that's like because a lot of the times like with like say i always go back to arrested development season four it didn't really like it Mm -hmm. kind of blew what made the show so strong by doing episodic episodes it it decided to tell one big episode which Mm -hmm. is ambitious but also misguided uh because it goes against the spirit of the show and why it was so popular um and this show i mean the first thing i i and started figuring out was like, oh, this is doing the same thing that the original series did, which was it's like a day by day like pacing. Like each mm-hmm. episode is one day, and then it, the next episode starts exactly pretty well where the last episode ended and continues on the next day. Because it's only mm-hmm. been four days in the yep. storyline, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so that's like another like throwback to the original show because it was only over the course of days uh, that right. Laura Palmer Laura Palmer investigation happened. Uh, we're sort of getting that again, but yeah, like we get that new visualization of that space and the use of time. And it's like, okay, we're not just going to be in the red room, which would get kind of boring. Uh, and like, kind of like, yep, we know that's what Twin Peaks is. It's red curtains and, uh, the black zigzag pattern on the the tile. Yeah. So it's like, I'm glad that there's some new stuff coming 
that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like he's introducing so many things, <laughs> like um, oh god, like all these storylines that like he's not he's not even like going back to in each episode, like the yep. like this like. Uh, decapitated woman and decapitated man's body laying in the bed that's like just like touched upon in the first episode and mm-hmm. it was like we get a brief brief scene with it with a computer hit uh yeah. with a fingerprint and that was it that's only mentioned of it in two hours and so it's mm-hmm. like this is kind of what i think he wanted the laura palmer like story to be like where it's like the mystery itself would play out very slowly and it would just be other things um yeah so we're kind of getting what he probably wants to do. Well, like, now he's getting to do it again, but also building yeah. on what's come previously. And then you get all these great moments where you see actors that like are now 27 years older and mm-hmm. for better or worse, um, uh, like seeing Bobby in a, in a deputy sheriff's outfit was like pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, and then you get his, his, uh, his hilarious reaction, his, uh, vintage yeah. Bobby reaction. Vintage Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's see, that's what I mean. Like, I think he does touch on that stuff really good where he is kind of like not fan service, but he's acknowledging what made the show strong. And it's not like so over, over the top where not every character is like we're having coffee and donuts. There it is. Yeah. And Bobby's crying. And then, uh, what's his face? The biker kid who everyone hates. James. James. Yeah. They, you, you saw him for like half a second and you're like, yeah. nice. Yeah, Cause then it's like, yeah, he'll come, he'll come back. He's still cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so like, I think he touches on that stuff really good. And then, yeah, like what you were saying, he's setting up a lot of things that, like like i'm sure some of them will pay out some of them might not but it's uh he's doing it in such a slow kind of deliberate way like uh like the old psychiatrist or the guy yeah. with the two colored Jacobi. eyeglasses yeah yeah and he's like spray painting those shovels yeah. it was just like a scene and yeah. that's it and, it's, and within four episodes and you feel like hmm this this probably is going somewhere and there's no rush there's no like we'll get there yeah well that's actually what i was gonna say too um with uh what i was saying is that it's amazing he's allowed to make it the way he is because uh in four episodes he's totally like it that's how long it took for coop like to come back where if like say this was a revival like a netflix deal and they and like they had to do it within a certain way he w- it would probably all get set up in the very first episode he'd be like yeah i was in the lodge for like 30 years isn't that crazy but i'm back now mm. but like he's he's been granted like freedom where he can take his time and four episodes and he's still not really even back yet right well so, people like uh, i think people might have like i'm not sure if just what complaints there are i feel like a lot less people watch these episodes than they watch those first that first mm-hmm. big episode, um, just based on like yep. going on Twitter, I, I noticed it wasn't trending as massively as it did that first time around, which doesn't surprise yep. me because I mean, Twin Peaks is like kind, I, I'd say David Lynch and that show are an acquired taste. Um, yep. like, yeah, people, I see some people are trying the show for the very first time and they're going back and they're like, I can't get through this pilot. This is like some of the worst shit I've ever seen, which is ridiculous. Um, that pilot's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but I mean, that's like the, that's like the ultimate litmus, te- litmus test, I guess. If you can't, if you don't like that first episode, don't watch the rest of it. You're, it's not going to get yep. better. Um, that's as good as like 
television pilots get. And it's pure yeah. David, it's David Lynch making a TV show. Uh, he's like the, the act, they say the acting's bad, whatever. But like, it's mm-hmm. like, it's mannered. It's very like particular in the stylization is the acting. It's deliberate. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not like, it's like, it's like oh, that he has bad actors. No, he's like, you know, he, this is the performances he wants. He wants like that. Mm-hmm. That's how David Lynch has his actors perform. Um, yeah. It's part of the, what part of the package. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I watched those last two episodes. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess there's like the thing with like, it's kind of frustrating from a viewer standpoint because you want to see Agent Cooper back at it, his old self, yeah. and like him doing Cooper things. But I guess like when you think back to like the previous show, characters were always kind of being waylaid uh, mm-hmm. in different ways. Like Lee, like, it was more like back then it was like everyone goes into a coma because that's what happened on like a soap opera. Yeah, like primetime soap operas, like a character would be oh they're in a bed, they're comatose and they're out. Amnesia. He's, yeah, and I mean it's all yeah. part of this bigger story. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like moments where I got super excited when, uh, the, the two Coopers are vomiting up, uh, that cream of corn. Oh, I started yeah. going, Garbanzola. <laughs> and Chanel was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, remember the cream of corn in the convenience store and mm-hmm. fire walk with me. It's like the, it's evil that they eat. And <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, actually this like, a person doesn't really have to even watch the whole TV show through again. They probably just have to watch Fire Walk with me because there's like all the references to it, like um, yep. Philip, uh, whatever David LeBoy's character. He gets name dropped in that episode uh, during that interrogation scene, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, because like when I was watching uh, that missing pieces thing, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to mention David Bowie's character ever again. And sure enough, they do, and that continues yep. coming together. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin's like performance as uh, evil Cooper. Doppelganger. Yeah, he is oh so effective. I don't even know what all the way all the things that David Lynch does that are so subtle and like just pure mm-hmm. filmmaking, like using the audio, the like distortion of the, his voice, uh, mm-hmm. working with Kyle McLaughlin, who's sort of like his avatar in the Twin Peaks universe. Mm-hmm. Um, he just does all these shifty little things that like make these scenes like so unsettling in a way where you're like, oh, like there's something off with this scene that like so many filmmakers try to do and it always comes off as really bad. In this, it's like really effective. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Once again, David Lynch. Uh, I mean, I would say that three and four were probably not as strong as the first two episodes. I really mm-hmm. thought those first two episodes were like, uh, like a pretty amazing, like two hour movie. These next right. two episodes were like, the fourth episode in particular was, um, what would you say? Uh, I think the fourth it's, it's, episode it's, 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 was more like mainstream or like straight forward, like, right? Well, I wouldn't even say that though. I mean, it's like it's the comedy. It's the it's the Twin Peaks comedy that like are yeah. the things that people don't like about Twin Peaks if they're not fans mm-hmm. of that. Like they like the Laura Palmer story, like Laura, Laura Palmer story stuff. They they want the like, La Palma. They, yeah, La, La Palma. They want yeah. the they want the crime stuff. They don't want like the um, Andy. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't want Wally Brando. Uh, I. I, I did I didn't know I wanted Wally Brando, but I wanted Wally Brando. Mm-hmm. After I watched it, I was like, I need this. Yeah, but I, I do know what you mean. The uh, the comedy is a little uh, over the top, but I I like it. I mean, it's it's one of the charms to it. I I do I can't see why other people would be turned off by it. Mm-hmm. If you were one or the other, it's a uh, it's very drastic. Like ends of the spectrum between finding decapitated heads and old bodies. And then Wally Brando on his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, 
they're very alternate ends but <laughs> no i i liked the uh, three and four just as much as uh the big the big app mm-hmm. um yeah i loved it i can't wait to see more of the static man Oh my God! When they showed Static Man in the uh, FBI headquarters, I was like, "No, turn off the screen. He's gonna come through. Mm-hmm. Like, he's because he's out there. He broke. He broke free. He broke free. I don't know if that's what other people call him, but that's what my name for him was. The uh, the blur. Static Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you know, if this is if this is a Blumhouse uh, excursion, <laughs> uh, oh my God, it'd hey, be how- some trash. Let's just gush for a little while. How cool is it to see uh, Big Davy Lynch and uh, Miguel Ferreira just oh, shoot the but shit they're dead. But, but then it makes me remember that Miguel Ferreira's dead. I know. Dude, did he finish filming this they, before they, he died? They, they filmed this in 2015, so yeah. Uh, so, okay. He's, he's well, that, te- he'll be he'll, Anything they do with him, um, they'll be fine with. In, okay. Well, at least, uh, at least that happened, right? Mm-hmm. You could, it seemed like with the log lady, like they wrote her in the way she was, like she was already checked out Mm -hmm. because that was her current, that was her actual health, right? Like not log lady health. No. Yeah. And well, the other thing too is like, so, uh, I didn't realize that Robert Forster was in the show and that he was Sheriff Truman. And I was like, Oh yeah. Whoa. I'm like, then I was like vaguely remembering like, wait, wasn't Robert Forster like the first, like casting pick for Sheriff Truman back when the show came on and sure enough he was so what happened to, to the other guy so Michael is, is so, that the guy who had the blow up not the little guy no 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 no, no 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 so okay. no Michael Michael Anderson the dwarf the man from, an, yeah. from the other place he had the blow up um, and okay. now he's, he's been replaced by a neuron tree Yes. Um, which which really bums me out that we could have had like evil doppelganger uh, dwarf, and now we don't. Yeah. Now, now we get evil doppelganger neuron tree. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, no. So Michael Onkeen, who yep. was Sheriff Truman in the original show, he's yes. like seventy two years old. He mm. retired in two thousand eleven. Okay. Um, and because of this retirement, he wasn't coming out of it to reprise his role. For Twin Peaks, okay. uh, there's some talk that he may be like suffering from dementia. Uh, okay, yeah, that no, I mean that's fair. Yes. If he's he's over seventy and he's not totally healthy, then yeah, yeah, I, so that sounds like that's why. Which is like super uh, sad in another way because mm-hmm. it's like oh, what's like the emotional satisfaction of seeing him again? Like would be so good. But uh, I mean, Robert Forster, he basically he gets to play the same type. The, mm-hmm. the, the the deadpan and you get to see what Robert Forster would have been back in 1990 if he didn't yeah. take whatever whatever option he had to not be in Twin Peaks. So I guess it's a it's like a catch twenty two coming coming, when, full, coming coming full circle. Yeah. <laughs> All those cliches. They're not going to recast Jack Nance though, right? Well, I mean, they haven't even touched upon any of that because uh, what's her name? Uh, I don't know if she's yeah. still kicking, but Laura Flynn Boyle or the other one. Well, wow. you well no um, Jack Nance's you, you wife. Jack Nance's wife in because okay. she might have blown up in the lumber barn. Like when they're because like, that's how like the whole last episode yeah. ended with like a whole bunch of like did they die or not? They haven't we have so we haven't seen her yet. But I mean the mill blew yeah. up and who knows? I mean I can't remember if she's alive or not. Again I haven't gone on my way to like figure out spoilers mm-hmm. until like it actually gets addressed. I knew that uh, Major Briggs the actor had died. And so he wasn't going to be around, mm-hmm. but we get the call back to him talking about the blue rose and stuff like that in the mm-hmm. space projection head. Um, what else have we had on the show that, well, 
I guess Josie. I'm not sure if Josie's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. But we we had the brothers uh, Ben and Jerry who were awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then and then there's Sherilyn Finn. Um, yep. Old uh, Audrey, who I suspect will be where uh, uh, Albert knows where she drinks. <laughs> I think that uh, would be. The, the... I totally interpreted that differently. Heather Graham. You know, <laughs> no, you know who I think that's going to be. Who? Diane. You know Whoa. how you know how uh, Coop's always like Diane. I thought because so okay. What? Why? I don't think that is because like the ongoing theory with Diane is that she never existed. Because there's okay. like because in the uh, fire walk with me deleted scenes, there's a scene where he's standing at a door and he's like talking to her, but you never see her and she never talks either. Even though you oh, should be able to hear. So okay. I think it's like it's like one of those things where it's like is Diane just a figment of his imagination? Okay, I, I see what you're saying. I thought, now bear with me here. I thought maybe Laura Dern was gonna be Diane because Laura Dern, Laura Dern is a big, like she's she's his female muse. His BFF. His BFF. Yeah, they're BFFs. So I thought maybe Laura Dern, because she's here somewhere. I don't know where she is. We got Naomi Watts. She yep. popped up. We got Michael Sarah. We got uh, which was no way. So. Yeah, so we got a few Lynch guys. I mean, Michael Sarah's never been in a Lynch movie, but no. uh, Naomi Watts, we got her. So I was like, I know Laura Dern's in here somewhere. And the way he's been playing these shows, like it could be in the fucking last episode she pops up. Yeah. But uh, I was like, maybe she'll be Diane. Well, we got uh, we have Jim Belushi, too, coming down the pike. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he's going to show up at some point. I don't know what he's, he's going to be doing, but... You, same with, uh, I, I believe, Eddie Vedder. From Pearl Jam is gonna pop up somewhere. Oh, maybe he'll, he wanted, he'll be one of the bands. He'll he'll fit in. Oh man, that'd be awesome. By the way, I love. Oh yeah, love <laughs> that the whole episode has like no music, mm-hmm. and then right at the end, he's just like he's just throwing in a music, like doing letting a band just do a live set, basically. Like, oh, it's so good. Well, yeah, because I, I guess like it. that uh, Chromatic song, that's like off of an album that like still hasn't been released. And they recorded mm-hmm. that a while ago just for it. And there's like the music video that's up. People yeah. all uh, lost it. Good song. Uh, I'm waiting for Julie Cruz to come back, though. The original mm-hmm. uh, Roadhouse singer. Because um, I think Maybe. That, that'll be uh, quite a moment. I think that'll. I, I think that might be saved up for a big moment, a big montage, perhaps. Because those have always been kind of like those iconic moments in Twin Peaks: is the Julie Cruz singing over like horrificness and things that are like really upsetting, things you don't want to see yeah. happen. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll be when James gets back on his bike. Yeah. I wonder if Heather Graham is going to be around again. As uh, is she going to pop up as a waitress? I don't know. Where would she be in her life? Well, she looks pretty good. Like, she hasn't aged as much as the others. So, uh, she could be anything in this show. By the way, I really liked the reprisal of Denise with my buddy David Duchovny. Ah, I mean that. That's yeah, I can't. Even, service, I can't. I can't even but, believe uh, that. Uh, fuck, I, I, love I, I, it. I forgot. I, I for, I'm like, man, that was like such an obvious thing that I'm like, ah, oh, RJ, he's gonna be like, oh, look, it's David Duchovny. Oh, I, I love that. I mean, the Federal so, Bureau of Investigation. Me and a, me and a buddy of mine, we, um, we were watching X Files at the same time years ago, and uh, it was before either of us had watched Twin Peaks, and then one day 
he like sent me a message. He's like, do you, he's like, do you know Twin Peaks? And I was like, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I, I, I know. I haven't watched it yet. He's like, do you know David Duchovny's in it? I was like, no, I never heard that. And he's like, as a cross-dresser? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. I was like, I, and then I think I watched, I started watching Twin Peaks that week because I was like, I got to see this shit. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Yes. Denise. 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 And she's in a position of power. She did good mm-hmm. for herself. That's right. David David Lynch patted yep. himself on the back, saying he was ahead of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he was a he's ahead of a lot of things. He's ahead of that curve. That's right. Did, did you did you ever watch that episode of Louis with him in it? With David Lynch? Yeah. No. No. He's uh, I, uh, he's like honestly, the he's I, like the head of like CBC or CBS that wants to give him a show. Is or like he, uh, or give him Letterman. What's or, that? No, is he impaired no, in that too? no, he's just intensely. And like the whole episode shot like a David Lynch movie. It's super, oh, it's, awesome. it's a really good episode. Um, yeah. So I'll yeah, check. there's the Twin Peaks talk this week. Uh, we've got like, I don't know, 14 weeks, More to, weeks. Four, 14 weeks to go. Okay. Uh, unless they decided to dump the last two episodes in one go, which would be fine by me. These, these uh, one episodes a week now are going to hurt, I think. Cause it's going to be like, but it's exciting. I'm like, mm-hmm. cause I, cause you have no idea where it's going to go. Isn't it nice though to be uh, to have something to look forward to each week? Yeah. Instead of like if this all dropped as like all at the same time, I don't think it would be as special. No. No, we 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 would have blasted nice. through it and be like, oh, that was that, I guess. Now we get to yeah. enjoy it, prove that the Netflix uh, system maybe isn't the best. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we're gonna talk about it on this show because, uh, frankly, it's our show and we can do whatever we feel like. Yep. Uh, and no one, no one said different. Well, I mean, so. seriously. I mean, it's like, it's a TV show that's directed by David Lynch. I don't think it gets much more uh, filmy yeah. than this. Uh, yeah. Uh, and actually, it is it is related because, I mean, David Lynch is a criterion darling. And I did see. Two time. Much like, two time. But uh, the, the rumor mill is that um, much like what they did with Ghost World, where the criterion was like sharing kind of photos from. Uh, the Ghost World movie, they've been sharing some Fire Walk With Me stuff. So the big rumor is that maybe that'll drop within the uh, collection sometime soon. Hmm. Well... It, it, it all depends on who owns the rights, I suppose, right? Yeah, that would be... CBS? Well, CBS put out the TV show. The movie, I don't know who to actually... Because the movie's on that complete collection by, as it is. There's, and it's pretty complete. And it looks really good the way it is. So, I mean, the cr- criterion would almost be unnecessary. Like, if why would you just buy the movie? Why don't you just get the mm-hmm. show? But who knows? That's possible. I'd rather... I mean, God, Lost Highway desperately needs a Blu-ray. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it's never been released on Blu-ray in North America. Well, the DVD for it is, like, old. It used to actually only be available yeah. on a pan and scan in Canada. Yep. Um, but there is, like, a uh, Region 1 DVD of it that yep. looks good, but it could look so much better. Because that's, like, one of my favorites of his movies, um, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And he made a better movie with Mulholland Drive. But Yeah. Well, to, to be very fair, all of his movies should have Criterion Blues. Sure. The finest, because Elephant, Elephant Man, Man doesn't. Elephant Man doesn't have a blue either, and that's my favorite of his. So we need that fucker out ASAP. ASAP. Because I can't even get a copy of it. That DVD is hard to track down. Oh, is it out of print? Yeah. It's something like that. I remember I, I looked for after I watched it. I looked for a long time and I couldn't find it anywhere. And hmm. I was like, well, that sucks. It's like I'd really like to own that thing. Son of a bitch. So you can send your mail to uh, uh, Loaf. 
in Creepsville, send your copies of Elephant Man on Blu-ray mm-hmm. that don't exist yet. Cool. Um, well, so I had some some creeps that I've yes. managed in the last two days, but I think I'll save them for discussion during uh, our actual body of the review because they're relevant to that. I think that's fair. Yeah. I should have saved Apollo 18, I guess, but yeah. – uh, Whatever. I'll have more of a response of that of this nonsense uh, once we've actually talked about for all mankind. Uh, nice. Any any news you want to share? Uh, yeah, I saw some news. Um, I have two bits of news. First off, we I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to make you a mad because uh, you hate the dark universe that is Universal. Yeah. Uh, I just heard that uh, they're tapping Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play the Wolfman. Hmm. Cool. So, I mean, it, it's cool. I Hey, I'm all on board for that. And next week, I'm going to go see the shit out of that mummy movie. Mummy movie? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go see the shit out of that. So, I'll tell you about that. But my actual news is, uh, you know, this King Kong versus Godzilla movie coming mm. out in 2020. Yeah. They just got a director. Yeah. And it's a bad director that I don't – well, it's not – he's not bad. He's 50-50. I like half of his stuff and the other half of his stuff I think is bad. But uh, I think this is a really weird call, and I don't think it's the right move. But they're going to have Adam Wingard direct that uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, uh, I don't really get it. I don't know why they would put him there. If anything, they should put that Jordan Voight Roberts guy, the dude who did Skull Island. You should get him to do it. Because, like, I mean, Skull Island made its money back, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, it did well enough. He can handle it. Fucking Adam Wingard, like, his biggest ticket movie was uh, the Blair Witch sequel that was a total flop. Like, I mean, he he has good movies. Like, he did The Guest, I think, right? And The Guest is good. And, um, like, see, this is what I mean. I think he has good movies, but I think he has really bad movies, too. And uh, his Death Note movie is probably just destined to fail just because... Yeah, uh, well, it's Netflix, so we won't actually know how it does, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. so it's kind of protected from that. Who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Adam Wingard is one of those guys that he seems like he's like a 50-50 director. Like, he's like, for every good movie he makes, he makes something that's like super underwhelming. Uh, exactly, and this, and this, exactly. And, but, but this is like a total step up for him, like, in terms of like scale of making movies. Like, this is like... Yeah. Pretty large. I mean, depending on what's, I don't, I don't know. Death Note. I, I don't imagine that movie's like super big budget or anything either. But oh uh, well, they it does have the Netflix money though. But not that it's Netflix not like, but, throws but, a lot of money at stuff. Not that much money though. They like to keep things like yeah. at a pretty like reasonable amount. Like yeah. I, I think they they might give you like ten, like I don't know, maybe more than ten million. But uh, like they, I don't know, going up to like 180, 200 million dollars to make stuff. That that's a big leap. That's like when studios are in control and you're basically there to like offer some like visual flair. You're not there yeah. to like make this movie the way you want to. You generally I, yeah. speaking, yeah. I got gotcha. you. See, that's what I mean. Like that's why I feel like they should have just went with the Skull Island director. He's already in their camp. He can do right. Like he'll do exactly what they want. So um, Adam Wingard, so The Guest and You're Next. I mm-hmm. like those two movies. I mm-hmm. think those are both good. Yep. Uh, his VHS segments I always think are the weakest of both like of both of those movies. I thought his were the weakest. Uh, Blair Witch I haven't seen. I heard it was a real bad movie. Uh, and then what does he have? He has Death Note and then a remake of I Saw the Devil. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of movies that, like I, I just I feel like he's a real weird pick, but yeah, Kong Godzilla is that's going to change probably. 
It, yeah, it might. I just uh, that was the news today, and I was like, well, we did a Kong episode, so yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that. Okay. So they should get you to direct it. Yeah, me. It, it'd be a lot of like uncomfortable looking men with their pants down. <laughs> How did you see my script? <laughs> I know. I, I I got on your fucking Google Drive. Oh man, no, I have like a total. I I have a total idea for a Godzilla movie that I think would be super sweet, and it be could still be set in that universe, like. Do you want to hear about it? I don't know if I've even brought this up to you before passing. I want to hear some, want to hear some, uh, some uh, fan booking, some, I was some gonna fan, say, fantasy booking. I would love to hear it, but be careful. Some uh, Adam Wingard might be listening oh, to this. I want, he might I, steal your idea. Uh, since I'm never going to make this, I'd rather like see someone do it. Uh, but no, it would be like practically a good chunk of it would just be like a silent movie. You could set it during like this like – because in this universe, there's like a prehistoric era where all these monsters yep. roam the earth. You just do it in that scale, but you shoot it kind of like uh, the movie The Bear – where it's like all like set in nature. There's no humans. There's no dialogue. It's just scenes. Mm-hmm. But you do giant monsters, and all you <laughs> see is like scenes. It's like almost like a nature documentary, silently following around giant monsters. It doesn't yeah. have to be based in reality. You don't need a plot really, other than like what the animals are doing. If that's survival or fighting, you just do it that way. You could build like like the basis of plots around it. But I think that mm-hmm. movie would be really cool to watch, and uh, be wouldn't be. I don't know, like shitty human characters that no one likes, and people go, "Man, I wish this had more action." And it's like, well, I think you can make a really like uh, a moving, evocative story with like ancient King Kong or like ancient Godzilla, and I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be cool. You should make it. I should make that. Thing. Do you know what my Godzilla movie would be? Uh, no, aliens. Uh that's a great idea. But they've kind of done that. Yeah, already. they've done that a few times. Mine would be uh, he would uh, Godzilla would have survivor guilt and he would uh, get drunk on like berries and like pass out on beaches all the time. Like, uh, you know, Darren Aronofsky's Noah. It would be oh. very much like that where he, he just has he has survivor guilt. When was the last time someone brought up uh, Aronofsky's Nova, Noah? A week before it came out. Yeah, a week after. A week after, mm-hmm. yeah, when the reviews came out. That's the last anyone ever talked about it. Yeah. But so basically, I would make Noah, but with Godzilla in the title role. Someone cut this man a check. Hey, Warner Brothers, I'm I'm available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any other news you would like to share uh, with the world? That was it for me. Okay. Unless you got anything. I don't know. I'm I'm too busy in the world of comics to like go online uh, and endlessly look at news segments and other trash like that. I'll keep you posted. I mean, uh, the dude who made the wire, his, uh, 1970s porn series is coming out soon. Ooh, so there Simon. was a, yeah, his, uh, the trailer for that came out today. I didn't Ooh. watch it, but I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm, I, I probably won't watch the trailer, but I will definitely we'll watch the show. probably watch that show. At least that first episode. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds awesome. That's a great period of time to investigate. Uh, hopefully it's more, uh, I don't know, it depends on the tone it goes for. There was that show well, that Netflix the, just canceled that was also like 70s sort of. The but, Get Down? Yeah, that got shit Yeah, canned. but th- that was like, a, it was like a, a music thing, I think. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure it was like, it was a music show. And I feel like those can either, I feel like most of the time they wouldn't work. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I have no interest in music shows. Yeah. I think that's all it is, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it'll depend. So your buddy James Franco is the lead, so of David Simon's seventies porno show. Okay, James Franco has been wanting to be a lead in an HBO show for a while. This is HBO, right? 
Yeah, it's a good fit for him. I mean, it's him with a mustache being creepy, which is, I think, what he does in a lot of his movies anyways. Well, I know he's he's been wanting to make a James Elroy uh, t- American tabloid yeah. TV show for a very long time, but yeah. no one's... He can't let- get his mitts on it. No, well, he, he wants he'll, it so bad. He'll have to stick to Faulkner. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, McCarthy. Yeah, just uh, all the things that have just gone out of copyright. <laughs> You know, he he made that a Cormac McCarthy uh, story. Which one? Uh, Child of God. It's a movie oh, that like, no one, yeah. no, 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 no uh, one liked that. Um, but yeah, not, well, they didn't like his sound and fe- the sound in the Fury movie either. So yeah. Uh, hey, I, I, I'll give him this. At least he's trying. That's right. At least he's trying. Yeah, he's not so. just podcasting. Podcasting about fucking shit no one cares about, exactly. like ignorant owls. Yeah. Fan fantasy booking uh, Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. We have one fan. Yeah. Two. We have two fans. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, so after the break, uh, one of these days, RJ, bang, zoom, straight to the moon. Straight to the moon. <laughs> that's you. Nice. I'm going to physically beat you to death. Nice. I'm glad you were able to fit that in here somewhere. Damn right. Uh, after the break, for all mankind. 
And we're back. And tonight we're talking For All Mankind, directed by Al Reinert from 1989. In July 1969, this is from the uh, Criterion website, the space race ended when Apollo 11 fulfilled President Kennedy's challenge of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No one who witnessed the lunar landing will ever forget it. Al Reiner's documentary, For All Mankind, is the story of the 24 men who traveled to the moon, told in their words, in their voices, using the images of their experiences. Forty years after the first moon landing, it remains the most radical, visually dazzling work of cinema yet made about this earth-shaking event. That's it. That's, Same. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, years ago at some point, uh, I was house-sitting for a member of faculty at my university. And he had a copy of this. And so I was like, hey, Criterion. Uh, and I remember watching it, putting it on, and like not really being like super into it. He's like a big moon guy. He loves moon landing stuff. He's done like art involving moon stuff. So for him, this is like totally the bee's knees. And I just thought it was like, yeah, moons, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so watched it again. I was kind of like, eh, moon landing. And then like, I tried like watching this on my PS4. It was giving me shit. Tried re- reconverting it, gave me more shit, and I was like mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, Chanel, I don't want to watch this on my fucking laptop. This is bullshit. So mm-hmm. I had to watch it on my laptop because I just figured <gasps> I, I had to get done. So mm-hmm. I watched it, and this is just like a pretty good documentary. Um, yep. It's not like, again, it's not my total like area of like, wow, I, uh, man, moons <laughs> and, and space. Uh, I never wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Uh, I've never really had that much of an interest in... uh, Ambition. Space travel. Uh, I don't know what ambition is. Yeah. And uh, I was just kind of like, yeah, moon stuff and like weird like real politic and uh, statesmanships and pissing contests between countries. That stuff is all mm-hmm. just like, I find that interesting, but the moon is kind of just like a backdrop to it. Um, in that time period from when I first watched this to now, um, I did a lot of research into like uh, Arctic like uh, voyages and trips back in the 1800s, early 1800s, yeah. which was something that uh, the British government did with their Navy uh, because essentially it had become the dominant power in the world. Uh, France had been vanquished and, uh, they were like the top guns and they're like, well, we're going to, we're going to open up that Northwest passage. We're going to find it and we're going to open up trade and we're all going to get rich. And so they just kept sending ships to the Arctic, which was all frozen and was never going to work, but they just kept sending people to this inhospitable place that no one could ever really like live because they, they were going through areas that like people did not live in there was no inuit like space like space and it's a white empty vacant place that like you need to have proper equipment to have mm-hmm. and you have to have the right technology to last um so it was like there's a lot of like similarities between uh, traveling to the moon and just going to the arctic uh, between like the difference of like 1820 and the difference to 1969 Mm-hmm. And of all time, honestly, it never gets easy to travel to the moon. Hence, we don't go there that often. Um, yep. But yeah, watching this again. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's good. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I probably wouldn't like go out of my way to like watch it again. Um, 
it's yeah my thoughts on it i think one of the interesting things is there's no talking heads which is kind of like a go-to now instead of like mm-hmm. lots of shots of like old guys in polo shirts talking about the good old days with with their names uh subtitled beneath them as they talk about stuff they yeah. just they just have those guys voices go over top of the old footage that they got from nasa mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a weird thing where they've like edited together like all these Apollo trips and all these guys who went on to the moon and they've kind of put it together into one trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, well, this is like multiple trips. And I guess like, oh, here's some, here's a little bit of drama. <laughs> oh no, this thing started leaking out. This is all failed. But then they're like, oh no, it's all good. <laughs> We're going to land yep. anyway. Um, so there's like weird stuff like that, which like, I, at first I was like, oh, is this like the Apollo 11 trip? But no, yep. no, it's like Apollo 8 and 11 and 14, which, of course, uh, as I'll talk about later, uh, does nothing but f- mm. uh, fuel certain uh, contingencies of people in this world, conspiracy nuts. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, no, uh, this is like totally solid, fine documentary filmmaking. Um, I like that Brian Eno and uh, mm-hmm. he apparently scored this like back in 1983, uh, and it took like six years for it to make. And he wound up making like another track for it altogether, or some mm-hmm. different tracks because he used it elsewhere. Um, so I'm always like, I got a soft spot for that, particularly his its use in uh, Charlie Brooker documentaries. I can't remember which one it was, but that's like the first time I ever heard the Ascent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my general thoughts on this bad boy. RJ, you've already spoiled people. Uh, but what did you think yep. of For All Mankind? Man, I think space is so fucking cool. That was my first note even. Space is so cool. Uh, I never wanted to be an astronaut. I just really was in aliens, even when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. They had these things. They were like beanie babies. They were called alien babies. <laughs> And I had those. And you could get, like, different ones. Like, there was a cowboy one. There was a disco one. I had a couple of those. And I thought they were the shit, man. I thought aliens were so cool. What does the aliens have to do with this? Everything. Um, no, yeah, I have. I had never seen this before. I mean, I have obviously seen a lot of the footage that gets used in this. Uh, but I thought this documentary was fucking awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. <clears throat> I thought more uh, more than anything, I thought it was really well put together. Um, I thought everything's was edited very nicely. I thought all the shots were really good. I thought the sound editing was really good. They did a lot of cool things like with the cameras where because when they were filming like in zero G's, the camera was sometimes spinning. They would do stuff like the shots of the ass or of the ship taking off, like the rocket. They would like spin the camera around. There's super cool shots of like just the earth with a, like the back emptiness of space and the earth is kind of floating through it. Uh, I thought that was all really good. Um, like I said, I think it's really well put together. Uh, it's super inspirational. USA, USA, <laughs> USA. Um, but like, honestly, I think it actually is like a lot of the stuff that they say, I think is super like um, quotable and dare I say deep. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of stuff I thought was awesome. Like there's a part where a guy says, 
uh, he's like looking out at the earth and he goes, each image comes, comes in a flash and reluctantly let go. And I was like, yeah, man, I get, I get it. I was like, I get it, dude. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I thought it was really fucking cool. Uh, I love seeing space stuff, especially, uh, like I said, this kind of inspirational stuff. Uh, the JFK start, I think, is such a... <laughs> My very first note was, yeah. remember when the president of the United States was a respectable leader of the free world? Yeah, exactly. Like Fuck. that. That, that, that it's so depressing. Up. It's so fucking like. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so like the the mythologizing of like or the mythology of like JFK is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like it's like kind of like he was like the greatest man who's like ever lived, who's ever led a country, or whatever. It's like yeah, okay. There's some problems. Like there's like yeah. he he came about in a very like crazy time in like the Western world, but like just like oh look, he's like so like dignified and like comes mm-hmm. off as like someone you'd like totally throw your hat in with. Like he's not like well you know he's the lesser of two evils you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. you feel like yeah you could totally see why people would buy into him and like uh, throw in but uh and just well, like eloquent and even like through that like his hilarious like bostonian accent um mm-hmm. just bringing like our country together even though it's like in this ridiculous thing it's like we're going to put three men into a metal tube packet full of explosive and shoot someone at this dead piece of like uh, matter floating around mm-hmm. the earth to prove our dominance in the to this other country of people. That's like what it was at the end of the day. When you strip it all down, it's quite absurd. But boy, mm-hmm. it comes off as like, hell yeah. Do th- yeah. <laughs> send send we- those three people th- <laughs> onto a rocket to that piece of rock. Do it. U- USA. Okay? USA. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like you listen to him talk and man, it gets you fucking pumped up. You're like, yeah, man, you tell him Jack. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the whole movie is like that. I feel like um, you see these boys get fucking shot up in a space. They're bouncing around on the moon for a while, and you're like, yeah, right on. Yeah. Um, like it's like kind of what you said. There's not there's not a ton to talk about because a lot of this is just history, and it's not like the documentary does anything like like insane or revolutionary like they're just showing what the story was but this i think the yeah. story i mean it's cool enough holds up on its own yeah i mean uh, yeah as a documentary yeah. it's very breezy i mean yep. it's like an hour and 20 minutes and it really mm-hmm. like it feels exactly that long it's just like you're just like oh yeah that was cool it's nice to watch something that just like effortlessly kind of goes through the story uh doesn't overstay its yep. welcome uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we do have one of the best shots, I think, so far in the Criterion Collection. There is an astronaut, and he is eating a hot dog in space. Oh. So I thought that was super cool. Nice. So uh, if anyone's interested, <laughs> you you call me. I'll send you a pic yeah. of this guy eating a hot dog in space. Well, it's, it's funny because they're like – it's just after they do this whole spiel about like how old the food is like dehydrated and how they have to mix up everything and then it cuts to like a guy and he's just eating a fucking hot, hot dog, dog. Yeah. and it's like where do you get that it's like homer in space where he like brings in the chips they're like hey how'd you get those on here mm-hmm. it's great grand it's great. uh yeah i mean so i guess like to get to the heart of this thing you have the like i don't know the unbelievable act of sending human beings to space which i yeah. guess is like it's a pretty astonishing thing um this mm-hmm. idea that like i mean 
it is like not that far off from like a trip to the moon where it's like, yeah, yeah it's like you're firing a gun and there's a capsule and you have to like, get it off the ground. And yep. like, just like the, this, the amount of infrastructure that goes into building a rocket, like you have like, you have these shots of these men. There's like just like dozens and dozens of guys all with the mm-hmm. same haircut sitting around in a control room. And they're just like doing one job, and that's basically maintaining, like, making sure the ship's where it's supposed to be, going the place it is, that everything's yeah. working. That's like their job, but that's like not even the people who like built this machine, who built this rocket, all the failures, like just like this like uh, chronology of like getting a rocket ship built, uh, and like building and building and that whole evolution of that. Um, it's mm-hmm. like it's like all this like invisible labor that you don't even consider. Um, because it's just like, I don't know when you found out about like this idea of like traveling to the moon or traveling to space, like you're like a little kid, right? Like you're four or five years old and you're hearing about this and you're like, yeah, cool. We went to the moon. Cause you, you just can, yeah. you can just do that. But it's like, no, yeah. it took like how many generations of human beings to like actually be able to do that one thing. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it was like eight months. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. When, when uh, finally they're like, yeah, you know what? I think it's time. And then they just went, yeah. all right, get the pieces together. Well, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you can apply this to like a lot of like any uh, technology, like computers. Sure. Just like this idea of computers and like the fact that you and I are conversing currently uh, via Skype. Uh, uh, hashtag hey, Skype for life. We don't give s- away the secrets to the show. Like, it just like I'm, we're talking on laptops. It, it's there's like a real um, I don't know a genealogy of like technology that's like super fascinating that doesn't I don't know how you could unpack it and give it its t- its due and like mm-hmm. name check every single individual that was like part of that process. It's just uh, unfathomable. So I mean like that's like these are the those are the thoughts that come to me when I'm watching like the, the that famous footage the cliche footage of like all those like cuff like, I don't know what you call these things, but the couplings and like the, the towers holding everything into place, the explosion of fuel, the, the right, you have to have the right amount, the right amount to rocket fuel to like explode out. So you don't kill uh-huh. everybody sending it off up into space and think, well, hopefully it works. <laughs> and hopefully, yeah. because sometimes it doesn't work. Um, cause this film mm-hmm. is dedicated to those people who happen to be on one of those ships that didn't work out so well for them. Yep. So yeah, there's that uh, grim business. Um, grim yeah, business, and so yeah, feed. and then like I guess the other thing too that like th- you'd forget about is that I guess like the idea that like, astronauts are like fo- like almost like they're meatheads or something like that. Like they're just like jocks <laughs> that are like yeah, I'm going going to space. <laughs> they're they're good all American men. Yeah, that's all you gotta like, know. No, it's like no, these guys are like like scientists. Yeah. Like, like they're, they have to like know their stuff and like they got picked from like, they had like the best like physicals or minds to handle situations, personalities, mm-hmm. like so many factors get dumped into this. Um, yeah. Uh, yep. it's really, uh, it's, it, it is an amazing story. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. From that standpoint. And, uh, my next question for you, RJ is what is on your, uh, traveling to the moon mixtape? Uh, Hoochie Mama by Two Live Crew. That's it? That's it. Both sides? Huda bada huda bada hoochie mama. That's nice. it. That's yeah. all I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can't uh, divulge what my real picks would be. It would give give away too much of my character. Oh. People would make fun of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> Big Rock County Mountain, Big Rock Candy Mountain, and uh, Hoochie Mama. Let's say that. Those would be my picks. 
and yours is probably the the soundtrack to happiness or something (laughs) your favorite yeah no what's your song or your album that was a question just for you just for me no oh man i blew that yeah uh, I don't know, RJ, how about uh, Rocket Man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Major and Tom. Ma- mm-hmm. fly, Space me to the, fly Me to the Moon, you know, original just, picks. Just, just any David Bowie CD, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll um, work. Did this movie at times remind you of Michael Bay's Armageddon? Almost constantly. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I was waiting for the moon to blow up. I think it's incredible that like within like uh what ten releases you have Armageddon yeah. and uh for all mankind. And then you yeah, just go, I, Yeah. I yeah. think what's incredible is the fact that Armageddon came before and then they're like, Ooh shit, maybe we should put in a real moon one. Mm-hmm. Space. Did they blow up the moon in Armageddon? What movie is that? Mars Attacks? Uh, did they blow up the moon in Mars Attacks? Well, there's some movie out there where the moon gets blown up. There's an episode of uh, Mr. Show where that happens. Does uh, the world go into chaos? Uh, I think the episode kind of just ends. Uh, well, yeah. that, I, I think that's how it would go. And, in real and, life. and it's about the evils of science. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, uh, as alluded to uh, in the intro for this episode, there is some floating shit, talk of floating shit. Oh, yeah. And uh, I kind of went through the mental exercise of, like, what would that be? It's, as poop comes out and then it, like, kind of floats back to your butt. Um, I don't know. Can you describe that a little more? Uh, I don't know. A little more detail, please. Well, just, like, the, what the sensation would be like. I guess it would just be, like, something soft, like, going back up and touching it doesn't go back Ro- inside no no but it, it but it wants back it might be it'd be like kind of like kneading it's like kind of like when your cat comes up to you and like rubs I, its face up against you it's kind of like i a, don't i don't know if i don't know if you totally understand what's happening here <laughs> it's not trying to get back on well it's not trying to get body. back it won't it won't go back in but you get like little like poo kisses on your butt Who's to say it wouldn't just go like a straight shot clear across across the room? It would just float, free floating, zero gravity. We all float down here, Georgie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so probably one of my favorite shots in this movie is there's a – where they cut to uh, a guy pouring coffee out Mm -hmm. into a cup. And that's like where you're like watching it and I go, whoa, gravity. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like – that's like something that you just take for granted. It's just gravity. It's like, what an amazing thing. And there's like idiots in the world yep. that would be like, well, gravity doesn't work the way that you think it does. You can't answer these questions, which then started making yeah. me think about, uh, people who think the moon landing is a hoax. Oh yeah. Uh, people who believe in the flat earth. Oh, uh, those, those types of folk. <sighs> uh, and then I guess I like, started thinking like, I can't remember. I read like, maybe this was a tweet somewhere along the line that like, like it was like balls, Buzz Aldrin, like threatened to beat the shit out of like some of the, oh, he, guys. no, uh, was, what was this? Like uh, about a year ago, a guy came up like a millennial yeah. went up to Buzz Aldrin, fucking American hero, Buzz Aldrin. And was like, you never landed on the moon. That was a hoax. That was just all bullshit. And Buzz Aldrin punched him in the face. Right. And he said, I'm, said, I'm a goddamn American. <laughs> no, he punched him in the face and he was like, he was like, you got anything else to say? Let's go. 
And uh, the guy sued like 89 year old Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> but uh, like he was strong enough. He like knocked this guy over. And he was just like, fuck you. Because you know what? If I was him and people came up to me and said like the greatest thing I did in my whole life, if they told me I fucking faked it, I'd probably be mad too. They'd be like, hey, did you ever dump out hard and puke in a chip bag? Or they'd be like, we heard that was a hoax. And I'd be like, you motherfucker. That's that's what it means to be a real hero. A real And a real human being. Hey, want to hear some interesting stats uh, I uncovered looking up moon uh, landing hoaxer types? Yeah, why don't why don't you get into this conspiracy theory stuff and uh, <sighs> well, just dig um, deep from Wikipedia, uh, bastion of all truth on the internet. Uh-huh. Um, conspiracists have managed to sustain public interest in their theories for more than forty years, despite the rebuttals and third-party evidence. Opinion polls taken in various locations have shown that between 6 and 20% of Americans and 28% of Russians surveyed believe that the manned landings were faked. Even as late as 2001, the Fox Television Network documentary Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon?, claimed NASA faked the first landing in 1969 to win the space race. That's a lot of folk. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, what, what else? Hit me with some uh, Kubrick-esque conspiracy theories. Okay. So after I read that, I was like, oh, you know what? I've got some time to, like, waste, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we, there's something that we have a shortage of, but time. Um, so I popped on Conspiracy, Did We Really Land on the Moon from 2001. Nice. Uh, that was on YouTube. I had it on while I was, like, drawing. Uh, it's narrated by, uh, is it Assistant Director Skinner? <laughs> Mitch Pileggi? Seymour Skinner? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, A.D. Skinner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he so he's bringing his, like, X-Files cred to this conspiracy show. Uh, nice. Talking about, did we really land on the moon? So uh, I watched a couple of these things. Uh, this one I actually watched the entirety of, and then I watched another one and realized it was, like, the exact same talking points, only it was, like, over, like, two hours, three hours long or something. So I, I checked out after a little bit. Um, but the one common guy who kind of, I think, kick-started this whole uh, moon hoax shit, uh, Bill Casing. Mm. Um, it takes, like, a few minutes to, like, completely dismiss this dude. But, like, every time you watch one of these documentaries, they always, like, present him as a expert of this of field. What? Because So what he was, um, he worked for uh, the company Rocketdyne, which mm-hmm. apparently worked on the building of the Saturn V rocket. Okay. Which was like the groundwork for the Apollo shit, okay? And his job, though, that which they always neglect to mention uh, in these uh, moon landing fucking documentaries, is that he has a bachelor in art for English. So sure. he's got a, his BA in English, and he was hired by Rocketdyne to help write technical manuals that the company put mm-hmm. out. So he's not a scientist, He's just a guy that writes technical manuals, but his understanding of this is like, well, this couldn't happen. Like, this is not possible. So when I watched this on TV uh, back in 1969, Mm -hmm. I thought something was fishy, something was up. So he started, like, uh, presenting his thoughts on this, like, as early as, like, the 74 or whatever. 
Um, and yeah, no. So he's just like a fucking dumb dumb. The are yeah. you are you familiar with like the talking points of uh, why the oh, landing is yes. fake? So there's like the whole like yeah. Why can't we see stars in the blackness in the background? Obviously, it must be fake. And it's like, well, no. Like, if you know how cameras work, and particularly like how light, light works, uh, you'd realize that there's like a pretty good explanation for this. And so, of course, like always in these documentaries, there's like mm-hmm. the NASA spokesman who's just like, he couldn't be, like he he. They always come off badly because they have such contempt yeah. for what they're being asked. And like so, they they don't like they're not being personable. Mm-hmm. They're no, they're not. Um, oh, uh, Neil uh, Tyson Grayson fella saying, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not yeah. super. They're, he's not charming and well spoken and like mm-hmm. like like a really a good public face for like scientists. Like yeah. usually, they're always like these like. Uh, Nebish little dudes who are just like I don't want to be here your questions are stupid who would entertain yeah. these dumb things but they always come off as like well what are they really hiding they, it's like no they have yeah. they've they have under contempt it's like when you're I remember watching this documentary on evolution uh, and like how the reason why like people are kind of like turning against evolution is because science doesn't do a good enough job packaging their theory because scientists uh, are so because scientists are so arrogant i guess even though because they know they're mm-hmm. right because they are right <laughs> so actually uh in grad school i one time went to uh had to there was a grad student seminar and there was one time a an entire seminar dedicated to like public um not like relations but basically like public relations like how to translate what scientists and researchers actually do to the public. And that's like, it's actually a pretty hot topic because a lot of stuff that gets like funded and like gets the grants and stuff like that is like what they call the sexy science, Mm. even though sometimes it's not actually real or like not necessarily true, but they, they sell it in such a way and it becomes so popular. Yeah. It can get funded uh, and granted and stuff. Yeah. It's like those anti-vaxxers. They like that. That just blew up, and then it went. Even though it's like entirely not true. Mm. So no, yeah, that's actually like a very real thing. Is there's a there's a real disconnect between like science, like scientists, researchers, and uh, the pu- like public relations and how to like talk to people and stuff like that. Right. So that, that's very real. Oh but, yeah, no, uh, it is. But I, so I know it, exactly yeah. what you're talking. So in about. this documentary, like you have the one guy from NASA who's the representative, and he's like, he just comes off as like dismissive because he is uh but, the, but then like, but then you have so you have the one guy but then you have like four or five people who say a lot of like well i've seen enough evidence to that it's in my mind like and new evidence comes out yeah. every day and uh you just have to go along and agree with what i'm saying because that's the way this documentary is going and then you have uh assistant director skinner saying is there more to this than it seems do, do, do the conspiracist theorists believe it's like no conspiracy theorists give these guys way too much credit they're not theorists of any thing they're just yeah fucking du- they're dumb well so yeah i'm well versed in this because of all the alien stuff i watch mm-hmm. but uh and like a lot of those guys they're on the level but a lot of them are pretty bad too like you know the wacky haired dude the, like yeah. the memed guy the aliens yeah like he so this is why i always think that like I could very easily become an alien like uh, expert or something because mm. that fucking guy, he gets credited as like a doctor or something like that. But he he has like a bachelor's in sports performance or something like gym <laughs> studies, something like that. And like he gets credited as like doctor in alien relations. Mm-hmm. So my, this is my audition for uh, to be an alien conspiracist uh, <laughs> commentator. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. 
Oh, for sure. So uh, one of the other talking points of why we didn't land on the moon uh, is uh, the flag waving. Uh, oh, okay. So that that I, one. I, that, uh, I, and you go, and then I'll, I have something to say about that. Okay, so that one's just like, it's so inane. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, how would you know if there was no air on the moon other than what, what NASA tells you? So, like, every there's no way of arguing against what they're claiming because we, yep. wouldn't, we wouldn't know if there what flags would do on the moon if we had never gone there other than what they would yep. present to us. But all these guys go off as there's no air there. <laughs> and so, So I know this argument. And when they were taking pictures with the flag, mm-hmm. I noticed that when the flag moves, it's because they're touching the flagpole. Yeah. They're t- they're moving it. Yeah. That's why it moves. It doesn't – it's not like – There ugh, is, there, oh is gr- there is gravity on the moon. <laughs> like, yeah. There, it's there, just there, not as much as here. That's all. Yeah. That's, like this is the thing, but they're old, but they know better than uh, than people. And then I, I don't know. It always comes back to the photography stuff because there's like the ones where it's like, why are the astronauts when they're in the shadow still reflecting light? It doesn't make sense. That means there's more than one light source. And it's like, okay, uh. that's like if you have never like. And then they talk to like guys that are like photo experts, and they go, oh, I have no explanation for that. And it's like, no, it's called diffusion of light. Like this is like photography one type of questions where it's like yeah if you bounce light off of like a light surface that light reflects outward it's like when you wear a white yeah. shirt it reflects and so you have like this entire like gray mass that's reflecting light all the time and then you have mm-hmm. a guy wearing a white astronaut outfit which will reflect any light that hits it and mm-hmm. so that's that's what's happening like like so what's so stupid. what's so what's so hard to like grasp? But these are like they're like they think they're like the terminal points. There's like no way we try to replicate this and we couldn't reproduce. It. It's like yeah, because you're not on the moon. Like you'd have to have like you're mm-hmm. on an t- entire surface that's like completely reflecting light. <laughs> yeah, you'd have. Oh God, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so, so, so this, this is what I do to myself. But like, I'm like, I don't know. I find like I'm drawn to this like stupid shit and the internet just yeah. supplies it. Like you can find a theory for fucking anything. I remember like a couple of like years ago, uh, I was like watching these videos about a guy claiming to be like a super soldier. Um, <laughs> and it's just this fucking, okay. it's this fucking loser in his basement. Um, and just like going through these like scars that he had on his body and like talking about where he got those scars and like, it's, it's always like the government put something in my body and it's just like all oh, these damaged bastards just like rambling on the internet. It's like, well, at least they're not hurting anybody yet. They're, they're, they're safe on the internet. Uh, talking to their audience of like 30 people. And of course there's other people saying, yeah, no, I think I'm a super soldier too. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are and it's just like these people are totally unextraordinary human beings like they're just like no you're not if you were a super soldier you should be like ripped and like have success in your life you shouldn't be like this like damaged asshole posting YouTube videos god 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 this is what it's come to hey mm-hmm. this is what this is what for all mankind has brought me to looking up shit yeah. online uh, so some other things I looked at because there was this list uh, this uh this conspiracy theory did we land on the moon was on it's like esoteric films and like weird documentaries mm-hmm. uh, i watched a three-minute documentary on looking for mushrooms uh which was some art house shit uh yeah i started watching what happened on the moon but i just gave up because it's just the same old thing bill casing just trotting out the same old talking yeah. points it never changes 
they always like are like, look in this angle you can't see this antenna on his backpack and in this other angle it's there but we're we're led to believe that this is real and this has been edited together we didn't and it's like yeah. and it's either like we never landed on the moon or mm-hmm. we have landed on the moon but it's, we faked it till we made it yeah which yeah like Come on. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that also. That's yeah. Hey, man, even Chris Nolan's in on that in Interstellar. Yeah. They have the same line where Connie's like, you're saying we never landed on the moon. <laughs> Brother. All right. God. Um, oh. Silly. Yep. Uh, and then I was reminded that uh, Alex Jones uh, back in the day, he, oh, was, he, was, he was a documentary filmmaker. Were you aware of that? I didn't. Was he a good one? No, um, he's as good as you'd expect. Um, he got his, like his, so his, I watched uh, about three minutes of his second documentary film, Police State 2000 from 1999. Oh, that sounds wicked. Uh, yeah, so it opens up with um, like the, the music, Oh, Fortuana, uh, which is that super like dramatic. music and and it's like over like just footage of like i don't know the police and the military doing their jobs (laughs) like Mm -hmm. do like enforcing the law and doing raids and stuff like that i don't know it's like sure you could probably you could talk about the military state a little bit but this is like something else and of course this like big montage with this music playing over top of it ends with a uh still image of uh, bill clinton morphing into hitler nice and then it cuts to like young Alex Jones when he was like a little bit more fit uh, yeah. in his real Texan accent. You just know he's from Texas and he's just talking about the police state, saying a lot of words. Uh, so he, he was an early pioneer in this crap. Uh, and yeah, he's made a whole bunch of movies. Uh, hmm. And I'm sure they're all like more Good. and more less well-made than the next. And just try, just like bad, like exactly what you expect yeah. in 90s filmmaking of this uh, yeah. level. Yeah. I, I hope that they all use that music and then in one of them it's just really like really like boring stuff where it's like a dude filing taxes and it's like <laughs> let's see here we got the Obama deception Endgame oh, of course. Dark Secrets uh, Fall of, of the Republic yeah there's like four police states he made sequels <laughs> the, uh, yeah police state four the rise of FEMA the order of death <laughs> Police State 3, Total Enslavement, 9-11, The Road to Tyranny, Matrix of Evil, Police State 2, The Takeover, America Destroyed by Design. I believe that was his first film. And all of these nice. are, are all of these are at least two hours long. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're uh, real great pieces of film. Uh, so, yeah, conspiracy theorists are assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dumb. They're not asking big questions. They're not trying to, like, figure out the truth. They are just trying to sell you whatever crap they're making. Uh, they're failures in their own world. Um, fuck them. <laughs> I, I just don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I walked away from watching For All Mankind. A genuine piece of film in, like, filmmaking and watching uh, bad crap. Yeah, and then, you, so, and, then you, and then you really appreciate how uh, a good documentary can be brought about. So it's kind of like uh, my experience, where I watched a movie I liked, and then it almost got ruined by a bad one. Yeah, Apollo eighteen. <laughs> oh God, man, that movie sucks. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Sucks so much. 
Yeah, at least it was only uh, fucking like an hour and 16 minutes or something like that. Mm. Oh, so RJ, did you know this film, uh, For All Mankind, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary in 1990? Goddamn right. Um, I didn't, but that's that's dope. Yeah. Oh, so one of the things too, uh, going back to like how they kind of edit together like various Apollo trips and like the narrative is oh, kind yeah. of a jumble. Yeah. One of the other things that I found interesting was uh, the actual uh, Kennedy address uh, to Rice University on the nation's space effort in 1962. He actually says for all people, but they actually alter it and dub in uh, mankind into people from another Kennedy clip. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of strange, but then it's like I'm like, oh, this is the sort of stuff that like just fuels like fucking conspiracy people. Like, well, you know, they did this, so that means that they did all these other things too, perpetuate, perpetrating uh-huh. the lie that's been held over us. Jared, I don't like any of the things that you're talking about. <laughs> they make they make me angry. Yeah. Uh, hey. Let's see here. They make um, me angry. And yeah, anyway, yeah, Stupid. trash. How do you? How did you like that music in this documentary? How did you like that, Brian? I thought it was you know? fucking dope, man. Mm-hmm. It was wicked. I think at one point they had the sleep, uh, that sleepwalking song in there. I think originally it was uh, not Richie Valens, but someone like Richie Valens. Modest Mouse remade it one time, so uh, I, I like that jam. Mm-hmm. I like it. You down with that? Cool. Yeah, I'm down with that sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so conspiracy theories, that's basically my uh, one thing I wanted to bring up. I also yeah. watched a documentary about LSD. Ooh, <laughs> that... Was it the Montauk Chronicles? Because you could have got Moon Landing, Aliens, and LSD all in the oh. same documentary. Nah, I actually watched like a real documentary about LSD, The Beyond. Hey, that one was real. With the Beyond Within. Yeah. So I hate all these like conspiracy, Moon Landing conspiracy theories. But I'll, I'll watch the fuck out of Alien conspiracy movies. So I don't know what that says about my character. Probably that I'm right. That you like aliens. Nice. Some might even say you fucking love aliens. Some some have said that. That's it's accurate. Well, RJ, you, you know, yes. speaking of love, there are people who hated this film. Really? Well, disliked. Vaguely? Uh, so who hates for all mankind uh male dash out does not does not like this he gave it two and a half stars uh he says this should have been so much better endless images of astronauts playing with objects in zero gravity and space controllers smoking cigars while pressing some buttons the opening sequence of the shuttle is exhilarating but the rest is pretty uninteresting repetitive and misleading they even found a way to make the moon landing underwhelming no, he's so wrong, man. The very best shots in this are those fucking dudes smoking cigars in uh like in Houston. There's a shot where there's a dude with sunglasses and a cigarette and he's on a computer with a headset and I I wish I could be that guy so much. <laughs> those those are the best parts of the movie. Easy. Uh, Easy. Song Dong Lee, he gave this two and a half stars. Once, he said, in quotes, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I've been always wondering if that was extemporaneous. I guess it wasn't according to this documentary. I might have put five out of five if it were Korean. Um, 
I don't really understand any of what he's saying. Yeah. Why does he not like this? Because the Koreans didn't land on the moon? Uh, yeah. I guess he was bored, but it wasn't about Korea, so he said, whatever. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. Uh, Ewan gave this two and a half stars. These are the only three really starred low ratings yep. for this. I can't really fault this documentary about the Apollo space mission of the late 1960s and early 1970s. It tells a big story uh, using archival footage of the era shot by the astronauts and those working at NASA. And it does so using only these images and the voices of the astronauts. The value is in seeing this footage, some of which is shot from space and presents uncanny views of the Earth and of the work of the astronauts were doing and hearing from the participants. Nevertheless, it can at times be a little difficult to tell apart all of those buzz-cut white guys in their control center and the missions are interwoven fairly fluidly, meaning we jump back and forward in time. It's fascinating and informative work for those with a strong interest in the space race, and for those people, this is likely to be far more interesting than it was to me. So for all, for all of these like negative reviews, it just doesn't seem like they actually have anything bad to say. To no, yourself. other than they're just like indifferent to it. Yeah. That's not a bad. So then, that's so, not. That's not a bad place to be. Yeah. There's like I don't know if there's anything here to be like. I hate this because <laughs> you probably yeah. like those people would just not watch a documentary about the space landing. And it's like how this movie gives you exactly what you expect. <laughs> like it's yeah, like yeah, it's exactly. a documentary about the Apollo missions, and that's what Fuck. it is. Unbelievable, Jared. No. Yeah. I don't know. Well, any other thoughts? No, I uh, I thought this was dope. And I like space stuff, and yeah. I want to. Want, I wish I could eat a hot dog in space. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess if tomorrow it turns out we never landed on the moon, we've been successfully bamboozled. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I might. I might make up for that. Mm-hmm. I have other projects cooking. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, with that said, that's it for this particular review. After the break, uh, we're going to break into those hot dogs and shit into bags. Nice. Now that you're in the uh, mindset of a 1960s NASA guy, are you going to get yourself a buzz cut for this hot summer uh, coming up? Um, I get my hair cut from a guy named Tony, and uh, he gives out free hot dogs. So if he knows how to do a uh, buzz cut, then I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for it. I do actually believe my uh, barber uh, gives half-off haircuts for buzz cuts. Ooh, is it because he's like an all-American and he's like, I want this to come back? I think because it's a really easy, lazy haircut to do, and it's hard to justify $30. Uh, 
easy lazy. You know what, actually? I could do a buzz cut. My mom has a Floby, uh, and we've had that since like the 90s. So, uh, you know the Floby? Nope. <laughs> it is, uh, you attach it to a vacuum cleaner, and it's a guarded thing that cuts your hair, and it sucks up the hair as you cut it. Oh. You look into the Floby. You'll see. You can email us pictures of your buzz cuts, folks, at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on that letterbox. You can see all the weird shit that I've been watching and mm. whatever mm. Uh, crap RJ's watching. Crap. Barn loaf. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all those good things. Next mm-hmm. week, spine number 55, Hot Diggity, The Unbearable <gasps> Lightness of Being, directed by Philip The Right Stuff Kaufman. Nice. Um, and Unbearable Lightness of Being was made in 1988, and we'll be talking about it here in 2017. I don't think your math adds up. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, RJ, I understand you're going to a concert this weekend, uh, a, a stand-up uh, comedy concert yeah comedy laughs yeah I hope stand they, up comedy I hope we can hear about that next week and we can talk about more Twin Peaks and yes. uh, all that jazz and some Czechoslovakian story <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't know what that last part was but I'll try alright Good night, right. folks peace No way!